You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She was on the most recent tour of Cats as a swing covering Bombellurina, Demeter, Rumpelteaser, Syllabub, and Tantamile. So welcome, Alana Velastro, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We are actually recording live, which is the first time we've Woo-hoo. done this in a long time besides BroadwayCon. So uh, if the audio sounds different, that is why. But let's kick it off with my favorite first question, which is your experience with Cats before you were cast in Cats. So tell me a little bit about when you first saw it and what your experience was. I mostly remember growing up and having Cats be the butt of every joke. Like yeah. in, in musical theater canon, like the musical theater community, like I just feel like Cats is the butt of every single joke. And I had, I'm, I'm sure I had seen the movie when I was young because I remember Victoria, like I remember the white cat and I remember Misto, I remember somebody was sparkly and turning. Um, So I'm sure I had seen the 98 movie. And then when I was, mm, I don't even know how old, maybe like 10 or something, I saw the tour when it came to my hometown. Okay. So you saw the 98 movie and then at 10 years old, you saw it on tour. Where and where, what city? Where are you from? That was in Burlington. Burlington. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 10 is a young age to see it now, especially now that you know probably a little bit more of the backstory. Did you pick up anything as a 10-year-old, or did you just go to see dance? No, I think I just went to see the dance. I remember, I remember once again, Misto. I remember the Mistopheles number being, you know, having sort of more excitement for me as a child. I also remember there were streamers at the end, uh, either end of Misto or end of the show. I don't remember, but there were these silver, um, this, like, confetti cannon that they shot into the audience, and I remember that feeling being like ooh you know oh my gosh this is so amazing but it was literally from the confetti cannon which we did not have in our production no, okay. no so i actually like in rehearsals i was like ooh are we going to shoot confetti cuz that is what i remember so this is probably the fifth tour i think us tour cuz yours is technically the sixth yes um, yeah, okay so this is the even... fifth tour mm-hmm. going around um yeah i don't know if there's any changes in that production compared i mean maybe little things like the confetti tour but i don't know if they cut anything major <laughs> so okay so you saw that 10 years old. Did you see it any other time between that that point and actually being cast? I don't think so, except for when I when I auditioned. Or no, I guess I did my audition, and then when I was called back as a way to prepare, I started, I tried to watch the 98 movie. I was very busy, so I didn't have a lot of time, so I sort of sped through, and I remember I got to Naming of Cats, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, what, what am I watching? And it's funny because I have since, obviously, like, drunk the Kool-Aid and and now it's so meaningful to me and it has such a, a place in my heart. But at the time I was like, what the, like, what, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it is... I've seen the 98 movie too, and mm-hmm. as I told you earlier, I saw it on a plane, which was got a lot of looks. <laughs> so I, it is a strange viewing, and to do it, so I guess it's probably a little different if you're doing it as you're prepping to know you're going to potentially go in the show. Mm-hmm. So were you knowing that, it's, you know, especially as a swing, were you watching multiple characters? Like, how do you view that? No, I actually just watched for Demeter because okay. I was I was in auditions for mostly specifically well I thought it was just Demeter you know I'm sure they were looking at me maybe for other people Mm but um, I thought it was in for Demeter so I remember watching McCavity and the hard thing about auditioning for the show is you don't know the choreography yet so you're trying you know you're standing there in front of the team and you're singing the song and you're trying to just sort of move like a cat but you don't have any specific <laughs> choreography so you're sort of just like trying to be slinky and like a little feral maybe a little sexy maybe a little like you know paw action but but we haven't we hadn't learned it yet yeah, so yeah. so it's so funny thinking back to to my audition I'm like I don't know what I was doing but I had watched you know McCavity of the 90 movie just to try to get the feel of it but didn't know yeah. the choreography from my did audition did you sing that song did you sing McCavity yes and actually they had me sing 
the whole thing. So I did Bomb's part and Demeter's part as like a one woman. Well, I did McCavity, which is normally day. a duet, as, yeah. a, as a one woman number, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, but you covered both, right? So I did. did and okay. I ended up covering both. I didn't originally cover Bomb till like halfway through the tour. Okay. They added that for me. Okay. So you get cast. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by what you are told, especially as a swing where you're being told about like, most of the, like if you're covering one character, it's like, all right, I got to figure out the backstory for this one character or a little mm-hmm. bit of like that on top of the dance number and the song, and everything else. As a swing, you've got five, six that you're covering. Yes. How do you do you think through kind of like this is the personality of this cat? Like how much did you learn about each one? I definitely through, I think. Well, they actually started me with only three. So I okay. st- in the when we started rehearsals, I was only covering three, and then they added two more for me through the course of of the tour. Um, and Kim, our director, was really good about saying, you know, as a swing, like the first time you go on, just make sure nobody dies. Like make yeah. sure make sure everybody's safe because this show, you know, people are it's, flipping, it's, people yeah, are leaping, crazy. people. It's so physical. And so she said, if you are in in a safe spot, you know, maybe not even the right spot, but if you're in a safe spot and everybody survives your first time as a swing because we don't get we don't get rehearsal we don't get yeah. rehearsal with the cast we don't you know we can like do it ourselves in some hotel lobby yeah. which we which we did all yeah. the time like truly every day but but that is very different than doing it on stage um so you know the first goal is is everybody safe am i in the right spot and you're it's a little more you feel like a puzzle piece just sort of fitting yourself in and then the more that i did each role the more fun it was to really play around start to you know be able to give the full expression of the character Mm -hmm. for sure how does that does that change when you talk about a character like rumple teaser where there's very clearly eyes on you at a point and i guess the same way with bomb and demeter versus like maybe syllabub or tantamile where it's a little bit less focal point like does that change how you kind of think about it where it's like just kind of make sure you're not in a dangerous spot but when you're demeter and bomb and rumple teaser you are all eyes are on you at moments of the show Mm -hmm. um i think when you're on stage through the whole thing you're just trying to be the best that you can be. So even if you are Tant, which, you know, unfortunately, like Tant's doing all this amazing choreography, but is largely in the dark. Like a lot of people come see the show and you talk about the twins, the twins, and they think you're talking about Mungo Rump mm-hmm. and they don't even notice the twins. They don't yeah. notice Tant and Corico, which is really unfortunate because they're beautiful and they're doing all sorts of beautiful things. But, um, but, when you're on stage, you feel like everybody's watching you, yeah. even though in the back of your mind, you know, because I had seen the show, I watched I watched it when mm-hmm. I wasn't on stage. I, I know that everybody's doing a million different things. Some people are in the dark. Some people it's it's a very complicated show. And yeah. I know that the audience probably doesn't have eyes on like that cat who's just like licking themselves in the corner. Yeah. But um, but you feel you feel like everyone's watching you. Yeah. So I think you know, no matter what, you're trying to be the best that you can be. But yes, there was definitely more pressure for some of the characters that are more featured. Yeah, I think it's it's so interesting because I didn't know much about the twins mm-hmm. when I f- especially first started. And as I've interviewed more cast members, I think they might be two of the most fascinating characters in the yeah. entire show. But it's one of those that like I'm not sure I could pick them out of a lineup right now. I know. And that's where no one it's could. So, it's, it's, it's actually so really sad. Yeah. But I, I have um I have same thing. I, I can't. There are moments where I'm like, I can get ready and watch a 98 movie, and there are other times where I'm like, I can't do it. But I really want to watch the 98 movie and just try to follow them, which is, I think, can be a little hard because of the way they do this, the shooting of yeah. it. But if I ever get a chance to see it, I think it's fascinating to follow them because of the fact that they basically see stuff before it happens. So mm-hmm. it's like they jump around. They're like very like they're, ahead of it. They're guiding things. I mean, the same way that Monk is sort of the narrator. Like the twins actually um, impact. A, a lot of the show, but for some reason, people just don't notice. Yeah. I get it. There's a lot. There's like yeah. 25, 30 cats. There's a lot going on at all times. There's no plot, so you're trying to figure it out to begin with. Yeah. So I can give a little bit of a pass for the majority of the audience <laughs> that are seeing it. So let's talk a little bit about your who'd you go on as first? Rump. And I actually went on for Rump for our final dress. It was like okay. our press our press night, final dress rehearsal, you know, they're videoing, taking pictures, like the press pictures. Um, And I was sitting in the audience with the other swings. We had never at that been as swings. We had never been in full cat. So the mm. the main cast had you know gotten into full cat. They were in their wigs, their their costumes. I had just had my first costume fitting. I think the day before. Wow. So I literally put on the unitards for the first time the day before. 
that final rehearsal, final dress rehearsal. Um, and we're sitting in the audience and I remember I looked over to Brian and Megan who are two of the other swings and they were my, my close friends. And I said, you know, we're watching the show happening. And I was like, I cannot imagine being up there because at that time, you know, I had never put on the wig. I had never felt what it felt like to be in cat. I had we had never been on stage even really. Wow. Like we we had never it was so foreign to us as swings because we hadn't experienced it yet and and they had told us that we would get swing rehearsals, we'd be, you know, very comfortable, but at that point we certainly were not. We were just like still sort of grasping at the choreography. Um and so we're watching this final press night dress rehearsal and Mungo Rump happens and they do the cartwheels and they fell and and Kelly and Max it was like it was so so scary to watch them um <clears throat> they like you know they started turning and then they just went down and wow and it was this like absolutely horrifying moment um you know it was scary for them and then all of a sudden Brian turned to me and he said I think you got to go backstage and I was like <laughs> Should, should I? I should. I should go backstage. He's like, yeah, you gotta go backstage. And I went running backstage, and you know, stage manager comes out, Kim comes out. They're like into cat right now. And literally ten minutes later, I was on stage. And then I did. I ended up doing in full cat. And then I ended up doing opening night. And I was on as rump for the first wow. few weeks. So you came with in literally no rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was like mid show swing on. Yes, and poor Kelly. Like, oh my gosh, how how terrible, terrible for her to yeah. not be able to you know do opening night. Like she had, she had. She was rum. She had rehearsed it, and then and then it was really sad. And yeah, it's such an interesting thing because this show is so physical and dangerous. It mm -hmm. seems like you know of all the you know other shows you hear, it's like you hear so many injuries. And then I, I yeah. mean, on tour, I, I don't think you had a rake stage as much. I didn't know what that was no. until this podcast. Mm -hmm. But then I learned about that. I'm like, that seems crazy even more. But there's just so many injuries that that's why there are so many swings and all this other stuff. Yeah. But um, so you okay? So you went on. That is With so interesting. With literally no rehearsal. I'm I'm. I'm embarrassed about my opening night performance because I had never I I was the show was so foreign to me like the junkyard was a place at all yeah. it was so it was still I had just like the choreography was barely in my body and we were and we were trying to learn so many tracks and and so to then go on for for opening night like I you know obviously my performance grew the more I was rump but I I wish of course that I had been able to have any rehearsal yeah. before before opening night. What was that morning like before opening night? Because like you got a half a show basically the night before, yeah. and then it's probably like oh, it's like very real. Because I think that first night you probably it happened so quick that you don't even get yes. to think about yeah. it. Yeah, but you had the whole day to think about to it. Overnight, I I mean I definitely re reviewed as much as I could, yeah. um, and we did have a short. I had a short rehearsal, maybe one hour with Max to okay. to just review the, Mungo Rump, do the feature. I had also never sung it. I hadn't had a music rehearsal, so I had never sung it with, um, you know, our music director, with our conductor. Like, like I just had never done any of that. And so I had a, a very first rehearsal on opening day to, um, to just sort of make sure I knew everything. And then I did, I did say something wrong. I can't remember if it was the first night or the second night, but you know, the, so the song starts like Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. And I think I said, or and then the next time I said and like I was just messing up messing up the ors and the and which is is it's not a big deal like yeah. in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal but I like barely knew the show yeah. at that point didn't so. know the songs or anything yeah. I you know this this is the exact type of scenario that fascinates me because I didn't know what a swing was mm -hmm. until I started doing more of this and now the more I like talk to swings and hear about it it's like it is so it's unbelievable to me to be able to do something like that and cover so many different characters be ready to go on in a moment halfway through i think it is a little bit in cats it's probably a little bit less noticed by the audience because mm -hmm. everyone's in mm -hmm. full costume but it just it happens so much more than i think anybody realizes and it's so different and unique um of a just a part of the industry that i don't think many casual fans have any idea about yeah and as a swing too like it's really hard to have a perfect show because I mean perfect quote unquote like what what even is that in live yeah. theater but it's hard to have a perfect show because you don't have rehearsal with the cast with so there's so many new variables and there are, sometimes you make a mistake and you come off stage and you laugh and you're like oh haha that was so funny and sometimes you come off stage and you just want to cry because you're either 
embarrassed or you feel like everybody saw, even though nobody saw, you know, no one, like no one in the audience knows that you made a mistake. But but it's it is funny. There's such a range of of emotion when you finish a show. You're either like, OK, like, oh, that was a funny little mistake or or it can be really, really heart wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, I think the beauty of doing it eight nights a week or however many you do on tour, mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes yeah, even we more than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, you yeah. get a lot of chances. So as a swing, sometimes you don't. I mean, I guess you probably mm-hmm. knew with Rumble Teaser you're going to go for an extended period of time. Yeah, and we were we were on all the time. I really, yeah. I think I did almost half. Like we wow. just, we were very used. I mean, I think it was COVID too, you know? So all yeah. of a sudden somebody's out for 10 days and then as soon as that finishes one of your other characters is out for 10 days (laughs) and then there you have it you know so so it was partially COVID and partially just how difficult the show is that is wow so did you go how many times did you go an extended period of time with one particular character or did you go like one night one cat one night another cat um I did both so I did I did open the tour as rump I was rump for at least a few weeks and then um and then you know from then on I sort of alternated although then um i was rump again for an extended time and then switched to syllabub then went back to rump like it really um i did have long stretches where there were really barely any nights that i wasn't on but then wow. but you know then sometimes i wouldn't be on for a week and i'd be like wow i'm not on this whole week yeah. I mean, that, that was rare but <laughs> it's again such a, a wild concept in in general um i want to talk a little bit about you're going back to the the beginning of the rehearsals and everything. Can you walk me through what you were told about each of your characters? Like, what do you remember of stories of each one? Yes. Um, I remember, well, Rump, you know, in mind, I, I remember they're not Chrissy. They're not siblings. Like, most people think that they are siblings, mm. especially because they change into costumes that look the same like for the they change into these these costumes for the feature um so that they're matching which is like a sibling thing but they're actually not and supposedly rump has a really big crush on mungo which um the more that i got comfortable that was really fun to play with like when when i would do it with you know max or brian and um or actually i did it with sean um but you know it's fun to to play with that like if if mungo maybe gives bomb a smile or something then like for the next scene i would be like give a little snarky eye to bomb because i didn't like her because mungo flirted with her or something and and he's mine like you know what i mean i think i've ever i've always thought that they were siblings i don't think i've ever so that has been according to chrissy cartwright according to to facts yeah yes she's not the cat's guru um they're they are rump has a crush on Mungo. So okay. so that was They're like fun. Bonnie and Clyde, basically. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um Bomb and Demeter, you know, Demeter has this history with McCavity mm-hmm. um and has managed to escape that. Bomb also managed to escape that, but I think was in a little more in control of yeah. of the situation. Demeter's um, story is what fascinates me about the show of mm-hmm. that like it's just known fact that she was sexually abused by another cat and it's like yeah. we're just gonna go with that and kids are gonna show up to the show every night and we're just gonna ignore that <laughs> fact. Know. And the way that Chrissy really described it when teaching McCavity, I mean as a swing honestly it's really hard to, to focus on these details when you're trying yeah. to learn. Like I was trying to learn um you know, Demeter's track and Bomb's track and the ensemble girls track in when she was teaching it. But she was so specific. Like in, you know, there's one moment where Demeter sort of looks up and leans back and it's because she's she's picturing him on top of her, but then she sort of shakes it off. And then, oh, and then is is he over there in the corner? And maybe he's over there. So your eyes just go over there, but you're sort of scared, but you also kind of liked it, but maybe not. Like yeah. there's so much push and pull in that number, which is really fun. Although as a swing, it is hard to, you know, fully, fully embody that when you're also thinking, where am I going now? But um, <laughs> well, I, yeah. I love that you like you're trying to take those moments, but at the same time, your guidance is just don't get anybody <laughs> right, hurt. Right. So it's like a little different to like <laughs> dig too deep into all of like the, the super nuances when yeah. it's just like, OK, am I, am I in a spot where someone's going to backflip and land? <laughs> right. But OK. Right. Um, and then Syllabub, you know, the youngest cat, the has sort of this like pure beautiful um excitement for life and this this um anticipation for mm-hmm. what's to come as sort of like the baby the baby cat um and then tant you know it was it was really fun it was almost like a acting exercise to to match 
whatever the Corico is doing. So Taylor, who played our Corico, he was a really great leader for me when I would go on as Tant and we would do things in sync and I would just be like, there, there's an acting exercise where you, you don't know who's the leader and you like wave your arms around and things and just sort of, it's supposed to be in unison, but one person is actually leading, but you just have to be so in sync. And that was sort of the whole show as as the yeah. twins. And so, the, you know, that was fun too. Yeah, did you, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting because you did mostly paired stuff and then syllabub. So did you yeah, find, yeah. Did, were you, did you feel freer when you were syllabub and you were a little bit more like around the stage versus like, I'm always kind of, partnered with somebody? I think I felt the most free as Rump only because Rump and Mungo can can do so many things and can play around in like sort of a goofy way, a fun way, mm-hmm. a, a poking fun at the other's way. But but yes, I mean, Syllabub, you know, Syllabub was nice because, you know, the first night I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here in the corner being a cat. And then, you know, maybe the next night you notice that Skimble is right next to you. And so you can be like, oh, I'll go nuzzle Skimble. Like, yeah. it is fun to to have a little more flexibility okay. there. Mm-hmm. Now, which one of the, that you've done, mm-hmm. which one did you think was the most difficult? And which one did you think, I don't want to say easiest. So which one do you think was most difficult? Cause they're all, they're all difficult to, to do? Like which one was the yeah. hardest to kind of get into? Bomb and Demeter were the easiest for me, I think, because vocally, that's where my voice naturally okay. sits. That's physically, they're more standing too. So like mm-hmm. Syllabub is on her knees the whole time, just crawling the whole time. And like at the end of the show, you stand up and you're like, oh God, like yeah. I was just like in a little ball that for yeah. two and a half hours. So, um, but Rump, Rump is definitely the hardest um, okay. female track in yeah. my opinion. Like also because everybody else gets a five minute break in act one while Mungo and Rump are doing the hardest yeah. number in the whole show. So so it's, in, in my opinion, um, but so everybody else gets to prepare for the ball and have this like nice five minute break. You like get water, stretch, make sure you're ready for this big giant yeah. 12 minute ball dance number. And Mungo Rump, and Rump don't get the break at all. So, so they right literally just it. go right into it. And so, yeah, definitely the hardest track is, is Rump. So that means that the Rump, Mungo and Rump are doing like 17, 18 minutes straight of oh, like yeah. physically demanding dancing. Absolutely. And you wow. have a little bit, um, you know, when Old Deuteronomy comes in. So after they finish the feature, they're sitting on the car boot and Old Deuteronomy comes in. But you don't leave the stage. You never, like, they literally never, barely ever leave the stage. Like, their rump has, I think, like, maybe one or two parts in act one where she can get a little bit of water and otherwise that's it and you're it's so physically taxing so in my opinion rump's the hardest demeter um you know mccavity into the mccavity fight is is a bit of a push but it's nothing it's not Not quite the same as the ball has always talked about how demanding that is in general so to have and some cats leave the stage and some do not and mungo and rump are the ones that leaves once but only to come in um, for a lift on in a different entrance, and Mungo never leaves the stage. And, and the, you know, you just need Grizabella's track where you get 15 yeah, minutes on stage, just exactly. hang out, come out. But she gets paid hang, more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a that's a secondary reason of why she shouldn't be the Jelko choice. Yeah, her um, paycheck's too high. Paycheck's too high for less time. Or maybe on stage. actually, everybody else's is too low in reality. Yeah, yeah. Very fair. Very fair. My last question for like swing question mm-hmm. is, when you like, how, how does your on tour, your like routine change when you know you're going to be on or maybe not be on. Or you said you had weeks where you're fully off. Do, do you have a different like routine? Because I talked to a lot of people on your tour where it's like, this is my morning routine. I do this, I do that to make sure you keep your like body and, and health in shape mm-hmm. to be able to do this show every night. It's a little different when you're not always on every night. How did you prep for that? It is hard to have a routine on tour, especially because, you know, you might have a day where you're on a bus all day long and then you get to the theater and if all of a sudden they're like okay you're on and you didn't expect to be on the whole day like you didn't have in your brain that you that night yeah. or alternatively if you weren't on you know some of our theaters didn't have space for the swings really so ideally we would be during the show we would be stretching or practicing or you know doing a little workout or running the show you know some sort of productive um, time, like use of our time. And a lot of theaters we really couldn't because we didn't have the space. So, and then some theaters you have a beautiful rehearsal space and you're able to really utilize that. So that was, um, it is tough to find a routine.
routine. And there's also something like if I knew I was going to be on for a full week or something, like if mm-hmm. somebody had COVID and I'm like, okay, I'm on for the next 10 days. It's a it's a different mindset than when it's like an hour and a half before the show and you see that the stage manager is calling you and you're like, oh God, okay. Yeah. And you answer the phone and they're like, you're in. And yeah. you have to, it's, it's a different energy that's required to all of a sudden like flip that switch and be like okay i'm in you know yeah I, it's i it, i mean I, I always compare it a little bit to um i played hockey growing up mm-hmm. and I, as athletes but you know when your games are and it's yeah. not like unless you're like a goalie or something it's like in, or maybe basketball or some other sports where you don't yeah. necessarily go it's like i always knew that we were going to go in and play at some capacity in that game but i thought about like all right what are they you you carbo load before those games and stuff and as a swing you mm-hmm. just don't know that if next night tonight no. so it's just such a unique thing brian had one show where he hadn't really eaten and he it did not go well for him yeah, <laughs> like, i'm sure <laughs> sort of passed out so. yeah because it's so demanding <laughs> to be able to do it we're going to take a quick break for some messages from our sponsors and then we'll be back for more of the wrong cat died i want to talk a little bit about the new movie Okay. We talked about the 98 movie. Yeah. Your, I think your tour is, is kind of interesting in the fact that, like, it kind of did happen. Like, there was another buzz because of the movie mm-hmm. that didn't, the, the fifth tour and all these other ones didn't have to deal with. And even the revival didn't deal with. But there was after 2019 and really into 2020, there was the tour that ended for COVID. And then you all picked back up. Did you feel kind of like, well, first of all, did you see the movie? How did you feel about it? But then did you feel that there was some, like, People that maybe were there knowing that that was their only introduction was maybe that 2019 movie? Yes, I have not seen the full thing. I've seen clips of it, <laughs> of and it. <laughs> it is honestly very cringy to me. I mean, there are some beautiful dancers in it, beautiful yeah. actors. Like, like it's it's not their fault. I don't want oh, totally. to say, but like, um, no, no, totally. But it's one person's fault. <laughs> it's it's an interesting movie as far as I can tell from what I've seen. Um, I think at some point I should really watch, I should watch the whole thing, but maybe under the influence, you know? Yeah, yeah. as I say, I, I saw a press viewing, it was an experience, oh, wow. and then I saw half of it again with my family, and they just were like, does it get better? And I'm like, it doesn't, <laughs> no. so we stopped. No. Um, yeah, you would need some either influence or like bring some of your former cast exactly, members with exactly. you, like, we where can you can kind of enjoy together. it. Together. Yeah, it's I actually live with, I live with Brie now, who played our syllabub, so, okay. so we'll watch it together. Yeah. One night, have, <laughs> some some drinks or something to make yes. it more enjoyable yes. and be ready for chaos. Yeah, but um there definitely were people in the audience I think who had that was their most yeah recent memory or that was their only knowledge of the show which is bad. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I hope they enjoyed the stage version. I think it is meant I mean the 98 movie does a really good job of filming the stage version, but I think yes. it is meant to be seen on stage. I I don't think you can my experience again, like it was 2016. It was I did not I was not ready to see it. Didn't know anything about it. <laughs> you were stunned. <laughs> and I walked in, and I think the thing that that the the 98 movie and the definitely the 2019 movie doesn't do justice is you just walk in and you walk into the experience. Like the mm-hmm. junkyard is a junkyard. Like the the and I had really great seats the first time. So the the, the set is fascinating and yeah. so cool and very intricate. And so you do walk like you feel like you walk into an experience. And then. For me, I don't think your cast got to do this because of COVID, but like Green Eyes, you start the show with all of a sudden a cat in your face. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it is, neither of the movies can do that justice. Um, But the 98 movie does a pretty good job of giving like a pro shot version of where you see a stage production. They added in a few special effects to make it like, like uh, Mustafa's has a few uh, like lightning bolts and yes. like some other things that like 1998 uh, CGI basically is like what they could add. And we did anybody from my cast tell you about cats in concert? I don't think. Okay, so we had one night where we're on the bus and we're heading to the theater, and Grace Buckley, our resident choreographer, stands up and she said, "Okay, so the freight elevator was broken in the theater. They could not get the set in. They could not get." <laughs> the floor and the lights like any of that and she said so we're just going to do a concert version wow where was this we oh where was this somewhere (laughs) in 
Iowa or Indiana or South Dakota. It didn't come to Indiana. Like, it some, didn't come to Indiana. Okay, so I could tell you, okay. well, maybe it went to Evansville. It didn't come to Indianapolis because that's where I'm from. And I, it was supposed to come with the first one, but mm-hmm. in April of 2020. So I don't think it, it went to Indiana. It was some Midwest-ish. Yeah. Okay. You, Sounds so, right. We were, we were somewhere in the middle somewhere. of nowhere. Somewhere in the middle yeah. of nowhere. And we only had one night in that theater. Okay. And um, so they decided to do the concert version of Cats, and we walked. Oh, and she said all the swings will be on. So she said you will all be all of us, all ten swings and all main cast in full Cats, wow. just doing Wait, a concert version. So you had version. to get in full cat to yes, do a concert. Yes. So we version? had duplicates because like we don't have um our own swing cat we our costumes are the same the, the, the same, same. Wow. so so brie and i were both dressed as syllabub um you know megan was a second jenny like, like everybody was was a duplicate essentially <laughs> and then two you know kellyanne and carolyn were both baby grizz and then you know tay had full grizz like so they just sort of there there were duplicate cats and they said you know just try not to be like next week to yeah, her at yeah, any point they said just sort of like stay on, stay on the other side of the stage um, and when we first walked in there were chairs set up like we were just going to sit there and sing the show and then that got cut because I think Grace Buckley was like I'm not having these grown adults like sit in these unitards and just sit there yeah, in, yeah. in full cat so basically for, for two and a half hours we just crawled around the stage because they didn't want us to do any choreography um, since it wasn't the full version of the show, they didn't want it to sort of be like bastardizing somebody's yeah, yeah. work. Like they, it's it's you know disrespectful of somebody's work to um, do sort of half yeah, of their work. Totally. And so they said no choreography. You're just a cat. And for literally two and a so, half hours, thirty-two grown adults crawled around a stage and sang cats, but so, did not have any other any other aspect of the show. But, so you didn't dance at all, or like loosely, but no, not like the full thing. We just thing. sort of moved around, I'd say. And then by the time we got to Misto, Paul did sort of improv it. Like he, yeah. he you know, it's hard. Like how do you, you get to Mistopheles? Why well, he's supposed to just stand there and sing? Yeah. And and there's so many dance breaks. Like there's a twelve minute dance number the ball the jellical ball like and so we're just sort of we're all like moving around the stage trying so they, to be cats. they played every single thing oh they sure did because yes they did such an interesting decision because like i when you said cats and concert i'm like oh, okay they just played like the, the album no yeah like play the tracks <laughs> just play just play everything no, like no. forget all the stuff in the middle we did the whole thing and we were all on stage too so like you know we get to the part where like we're like we have to find old deuteronomy and like indelicio is just sitting there on stage yeah. in his old Duke costume like so it was just really do, really wild like was there the whole kidnapping scene like oh there, we did everything but everybody was just on stage the whole time and we just sang it and tried to like you know pet ourselves and lick ourselves like as cats this is good for next time I talk to you <laughs> you'll I think have to I'm, ask somebody else about to, it well here's what I want to ask I want to ask Taylor because yes. I we're, we hopefully are still going to find time to record but I want to know because she had to do a whole show versus her yes I like, think at some point um, they might have taken her she, she did a lot of the first acts she might have done the whole first act. And then um, at some point they said to her, it's too weird. Like into act two, I think they said, it's too weird. Like you're supposed to come. You're supposed come to back, come. Right. Right, yeah. like, right. Like you're you're not part of the tribe. Yeah. You're, spo- you're not supposed to be sitting there, which she was the whole time. And so I think they took her, they sort of like waved from the wings or something <laughs> and said, come on, come on. And she then I think for memory, she did enter from memory that is um, fascinating i i had not i know i've definitely not heard about that um because i would have remembered that <laughs> yeah. and i would have had a lot more questions yeah. uh, i'm gonna probably have a lot more questions i'm gonna be asking you like as i think about them yeah. after we finish recording um that is so unique they did give they gave the audience the offer i think of being to, refunded i think they said you can come they phrased it in a very funny way they were like you can come in for a once in a yeah, lifetime, unique. like never seen before, version of cats, or you can have your money back. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I being from the Midwest, mm-hmm. I bet you probably had a pretty full crowd still. I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. I feel depending bad on for how, them, but but yeah, we did. I, mean, I, I, I don't does know. Suck. Like, depending <laughs> on how small of a town you are, like you get to some of those small towns, and it's like that has been on the calendar for probably six months. Yeah. And so it's like that is yeah. the night out. Babysitters or more because called. of the pandemic. Like some of our people had been waiting for years because yeah. they thought it was coming before the pandemic. Yeah. 
so interesting. It all because Afraid wild. Albert didn't work. All because, yeah, they literally just could not get the set in. And so we, we did Cats in Concert. Isn't there, all dressed I guess in it, this would be so hard to figure out, but isn't there's a... One of the two, I think, before the pandemic, used an inflatable set. We did have, yeah, oh, so we had an inflatable a, set. Okay, so you just they also could not did, get, couldn't even I, get the inflatable set I guess set not. In. I guess not. They could not get anything in. The ba- I called it the bounce house set. And it's so loud, too. Yeah. It's really loud. Like, we had um, one sort of swing rehearsal where we were practicing on the stage, but because we didn't have sound, like we didn't have, we weren't mic'd, we were just, it was just the swing sort of on the stage. Singing. And I was being syllabub, but syllabub sings her little, you know, moonlight, like yeah. in the upstage corner, right near where the bouncy <laughs> castle is like its loudest. Yeah. And um, so the people, the other swings couldn't even like, could barely hear that I was singing. And Connor was like in the wings. And I think, I think maybe he just didn't know that somebody at that swing rehearsal was being syllabub or something, or he just didn't think of it, or he just was in the wings and was like, you know, and he starts singing full out, like syllabub's little bit. Like Connor <laughs> is like just full on singing Moonlight and everybody's like looking over, although I couldn't hear him and he couldn't hear me, but we <laughs> both were singing Moonlight <laughs> together. Yeah. But, this, but the set is so loud that it's really yeah. hard to hear. I, again, fascinating things that I've learned because of this podcast, <laughs> of that there's inflatable sets that yeah. travel around. Um, okay. Okay, let's switch to some quick rapid fire. Okay. Uh, who, I mean, you played a lot of cats, but yeah. if you could play any cat anytime, forget whether it's male, female, vocal range, dance number, just if you could be one cat one time, who would you want to go on as? Ooh, um, I, I liked Demeter best out of all my tracks, but I think it would be fun um, to be Skimble, maybe. Skimble. People probably say that all the time. It's, I get a wide, it's a wide range of answers. <laughs> and it's usually someone that either says something that's like the opposite of their personality that they would just want to do, or it's like very away from their vocal range or yeah, for something else. Yeah. Or it'd be like, it'd just be fun to do that. So mm-hmm. Skimble is a good answer. It's, just, it's also like a crowd-pleasing number people love it you get yeah. you know there's the train and it's, it's yeah it is uh i've grown to like it i had a scarring moment the first time because when they <laughs> make the light and they shine it out into the crowd yes it hit me <gasps> and i just remember being like i don't like skimble because of that yeah. moment because i'm like i couldn't see it. i was like You're i was like blinded. getting my trying to like close my eyes and get my like sight You're back blinded. for the next part so i always have this like slight anti skimble <laughs> that i probably shouldn't have and it's i has grown on me we had one just like a quick little anecdote as my um you know i had been rump for so long and then i switched to syllabub and then i went back to rump and in my my brain i was like well i know rump so well that i didn't i didn't review Skimble as well as I needed to. And I accidentally, we're, we're making the train and I got, or like earlier in the number, we sort of make a train with our yeah. bodies. Um, okay. And I got into Bree's spot because my my brain, I, I had just been syllabub and then I was rump. And you know, you have these moments where you look down and you're like, what cat am I right now? Yeah. Like, what, where am I going? Um, and so in my head, I was like, okay, follow Vic, follow Vic. And I, and I did. And all of a sudden we're standing there in this train formation and I realized that I had turned it. I was wearing Rump's costume and I had turned it into syllabub. And Brie, the angel that she is, she just like got into Rump spot. She yeah. she was like, okay. And she just saw me in her spot and then she went into Rump spot and we like finished out that portion of the choreography in our swapped spots and just you know, she just went with the flow, which was, is, thank God yeah. she did that. But that was one of those moments where, you know, the audience doesn't know. So it was kind of funny, but I felt bad. I was like, oh, my gosh, I like forced her out of yeah, her character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there were a few people. I don't know if they were in that particular show, but there are some junkyard fans who would know? Oh, who yes. would know? They they sure would. Uh, and because I've got, I trust me. I, early on, I got called out on any error I might have said in the show <laughs> of like that's not right. I'm like, well, is it though? Because I don't think there's answers right. to all this stuff. <laughs> right. Um, who are your favorite and least favorite cat? Um, I I John who played. Bustifer did an amazing job as Bustifer. I don't. I I think that number could get cut. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, like, I'm pretty I, sure that number did get cut because there's a Royal Caribbean cruise. Yes, a shorter version. A short ninety they, minute they, version. They gonged. I'm pretty sure Bustifer. Bustifer got cut. Yeah, in my version of Cats, he could also sort yeah, of get the boot. Okay. I think. Um, although you know, John did an amazing job. Yeah. It, it is funny, no, but I'm not talking about cast yeah. <laughs> members. I'm talking about cats. Just the character. I'm like, get, yeah. get rid of him. Um, and then my favorite. What is my favorite? I do. You know, this is 
it is cliche, but I think that memory, the song is famous for a reason. It mm-hmm. really moves people. It re- people love it. My mom has a, you know, really beautiful connection to the song because as her mom actually was was passing away from cancer, like she my mom and her sister sang memory to my wow. grandma as she was essentially dying. Like like it's such a it's such a beautiful song and it really people have such strong connections totally. to it. Um so there there were nights where I would, you know, be we're on the sidelines for memory and I would be, you know, some nights you're you're in it, quote unquote, a little more than others. I mean, you're always invested, you're always, you know, mm-hmm. you're always giving your all. But there were some nights where I was just very moved by by that yeah. song, you know. Totally. And Tay is amazing. Like like, you know, she sounds beautiful. So so, you know, sometimes I would just sit there and I would be totally um engaged in, in the beauty of that song. Now, that's not to say that I think Grizabella is like the best character, but she definitely yeah. gets the best song. All so. right, I was gonna say, this is gonna get it really hard for uh, my, my last know. question. Um, so that is my next question, which, which is your favorite song? Okay, um, I think Memory, or McCavity. McCavity mm-hmm. is really fun I know, it's, I think that's my answer right now. Yeah. But it, my answer's changed a bunch of times. McCavity's fun, although Mongo Rump is fun too. Once you, once you build up your stamina a bit, it's really fun. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What, yeah, I think that's, yeah. I, I like the cavity the best. You kind of covered my order of that. When I walked out of the show the first time, mm-hmm. all that was stuck in my head was Mungo Jerry and Ruffle Teaser. Okay. <laughs> so it was like, that was the one that's I was like, it was, I mean, yeah, it's just stuck. Cause it's like, they just <laughs> yeah. say their names over and over yes. again. Yes, they do. Then, um, as I started doing more prep for this, the show and like, listen to it more, it's McCavity. Yeah. I have a beef with the McCavity song though. Cause on the actual, like. Cast album. It's like an eight-minute version because it's got mm. all the other stuff in there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I just want the song. Like, right? Can I can I cut a version <laughs> or I can just listen to them singing? Um, but when I first saw it, memory is the only thing I knew. Yeah. And so it's like it's kind of that progression too. Um, we talked a little bit. We're recording this, and I know you said you're doing a little work at the US Open. We're recording this during the US Open. It'll come <laughs> out probably after it's over. I'm curious, which cat do you think would be the best tennis player? Ooh. I have to admit, I am I am working at the U.S. Open, and I know very little about tennis. One thing that doesn't make sense to me is why does it go from zero to fifteen to thirty to forty? Why yeah. is the scoring system not in even increments? Like that should go to forty-five, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> There's um, a lot of questions. But in tennis. okay, let's see. Best tennis player. Um, hmm. I do have an answer for this, in my opinion. I feel like. I feel like Jelly Lorem probably plays Ooh, tennis. That's a good answer. I hadn't thought about that. I thought Skimble. Well, yes. Okay, I, I could see, see Skimble that. having I a very regimented Sk- training Skimble routine. Skimble and Jelly play tennis together. Yeah, and then I could see the twins being really good at it. Yes. Like oh, for sure. And- for sure. They're just like off, you know, like bop, 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 back know. and forth. They, yeah. they know they're doing it. Yeah, yeah they're and running then, like, ahead. And then like Jelly and Skimble are playing in the in the court next to them, having like a little bit more of a low key game, but yeah. like still having fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, my final question is I've argued at length that I don't mm-hmm. think Grizabelle is the right Jellical choice. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if you agree with me and who would you pick or if you, with your passionate defensive memory, <laughs> are going to pick Grizabella. I feel for Gus because I think that Gus did everything quote unquote right you know like like Grizz sort of went off the off the beaten path um got got lost yep. she she lost her way and Gus did not and Gus has you know stayed this really loving wonderful figure for the tribe and so you you feel for Gus because you get the sense that he's old enough that he will die like Jenny yeah. Skimble those cats they don't seem quite old enough that this is their last year of life like like they probably will you know have more years and maybe they'll be next years or the following years jellical choice in in the show I actually wish Speaking on that, I actually wish that, you know, maybe Jenny, Skimble, maybe Jelly, I wish they were older because I think it would raise the stakes. Like, mm. if you had, you know, say you had like five or six very old characters who weren't going to live anymore, then who do you pick? Like, yeah. then it, it raises the stakes of the show to have people, like, they, they are going to die if they are not yeah. reborn, you know? Yeah, yeah. But in this case, it's really just Gus or... Or Grizz, maybe do, but he's like in charge of everything. So, so I think um, I feel for Gus because he's the he sort of 
he lived a really wonderful yep. life, but maybe that's why he doesn't get reborn is because he did everything that he wanted to do or he, you know, he, he did live in the way that he, he wanted. So, yeah. so I think, uh, you know, I don't, I think the way it's written, it has to be Grizz, but do I wish it wasn't Grizz? Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to cut that part. <laughs> I'm just going to have you say, I think it was Gus. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're spot on with this, which is that like, it depends on what your criteria is from old Deuteronomy. And then yeah. it depends on if it is, truly age because i think one thing that you're saying which is i think mostly in agreement with most people but maybe a little bit different mm -hmm. is is that there's an even another level because i feel like there's an older level there's basically like three tiers of yes. cast is the way it seems but there aren't and you're kind of adding a fourth tier almost because it's mm. you're saying that there's gus old dude and grizz and then there's the like skimble jenny yeah like that kind of another layer of older cat then there's the teenagers right, and then there's right. like the like kittens right. and so that's interesting at least in my brain that's how it is like, I think it's like fair. is skimble obviously skimble is you know we go through each of the characters and and they are up for yeah selection but um skimble's never going to get picked jenny's never going to get picked they're too full of life like i think you know why would you rebirth them for a new life when they still have so much life mm. in them so that's that goes back to criteria so if the mm -hmm. criteria is who needs it because of like they have They're no life left, then I think it is a competition between Grizz yeah. and Gus. Gus. Maybe, and maybe it'll do, do depending yeah. on how you look at it. But it yeah. almost seems like he's that he doesn't really have an right. age he's almost. Like infinite. Yeah. Exactly. Which is interesting in itself because then when is Monk who's angling to take over yes. ever going to take over? I don't know. But you could answer different criteria, which is where some, some people have gone into. Is it worthiness? Is it need? Is mm -hmm. it like, is it a le life lesson that he's teaching? And that's where it becomes more fascinating. Like, what is the actual answer? Mm -hmm. So, but I like it because you said Gus. You didn't say Grizz. So I'm going to just stick with it's an old, it's between <laughs> the two of them. And we're, we're going to stick with Gus. We're going with Gus, but I do feel for Grizz. I don't know. You know, I, my, personal belief right now still is and i this has evolved over time is is that if it is need and acceptance and teaching a lesson mm -hmm. why are you immediately killing her like why not give her a okay, year yeah. with the tribe to be back with the family that just accepted her yeah. and she's next year right Send her next but year. will she make it i think you know it well, yeah, she's not that old, is she? I mean, in the revival, it's actually funny. In the revival, she's younger. So in yeah. the in the original version, she is older. And maybe then you might believe that she might not make it to another year. So that's yeah. why they need to pick her now. But in our, in the revival version, she's, you know, yeah. 30s. Like, yeah, like yeah. which, so yeah, you're, to your point, you, like, let her let her live out this life then, yeah, and let her, being, her let her change now. Her Why, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, okay. so okay, okay, then okay, then I will say I will say that leads me more to Gus because he's gonna die. That's exactly what this whole podcast is about. Is I'm slowly <laughs> convincing everybody to be on my side <laughs> you here. Are. Which you're, is you're all pulling me goal. over to your side. You really That's are. It. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Gus is. I think Gus and Grisbo are the two most common answers uh -huh. for the show, and I, I don't I, disagree yeah, with it. I guess I guess it makes sense. Although maybe you know throw old do in there. He should be. Really born or maybe not maybe he's he's in his final iteration of, I, of life. I question when is his time and how does that choice get made I don't know because it's separate it's a separate question Monk's from everything else yeah exactly I it's, think it's, it's when Monk decides okay you're done but I don't think that's a ball I think that's gonna happen between between balls. them and then and then everyone will gather for the Jellicle ball and there'll be no old do and it'll just be Monk and that'll yeah. be it and everybody will be like what happened what happened cats what too. happened and cats too exactly and it's Monk's killing yeah. of old do that's the horror for version of cats well the horror version this is I'm quoting Brian uh, you know one of our swings he I don't know if you've seen Midsummer the movie he says that cat is just the plot of Midsummer so I've not seen you'll it. have to see it and okay this is your homework. It. Your homework. Watch Midsummer and tell me that it isn't cats. Okay. <laughs> I thought the other horror I have heard is, and I forget who, it was somebody from the Fit Tour, um, that it was the old dude, was that they're like kind of running joke was is that old dude's a serial killer and this is oh his gosh. his way to hide it. Oh my gosh. Is that every year he can kill a <laughs> different so cat amazing. as a serial killer. Yeah. So that's the horror yeah, yeah. version of, of that of this as well. But I'll have to watch that's Midsummer so now to funny. see. I'm not a big horror uh, film fan, so that's why I've like avoided that show. Yeah, that's fair. That's but, fair. But okay. Yeah, will, basically they it. it's it's very culty. They gather once a year and basically decide who to kill. And that that is cats. That's cats. That is cats. It's oh my God. It's, the cats like falls into so many things I haven't 
scene too because someone's like it's basically a chorus line okay type of thing yeah yeah a they go bit. there's a couple the, other there's character. a the way i uh envisioned cats which was a singing competition initially <laughs> is essentially six <laughs> as well okay, so yeah. i was like yeah it can be a bunch of things mm-hmm. but my biggest non this is not a cat's take so for everyone else who's listening <laughs> i think that kinky boots is the movie tommy boy if you've ever seen okay. the movie Tommy Boy, it's, it's like a nineties, two thousand Chris Farley movie. Okay, and it's very similar. Of dad dies, mm-hmm. son that was not supposed to take over the business takes over the business and saves the factory. Gotcha. And it's like crazy the parallels, except for that Kinky Boots is selling like super what high heel boots right, and right. Tommy Boy selling more life car it. parts yeah. and so it's like very different <laughs> in a sense but the actual plot is identical and I thought the first time I saw Kinky Boots I'm like this is Tommy Boy just That's funny. with a different uh, product. That's funny. Well, you know, I guess it's a good story. Like people, a, people yeah, like that story. There's so many storylines. So, I guess uh, yeah, you can really. write all these things. Although so. I will say, Cats is is an interesting one. Like like yeah. I, you know, yes, I guess Cats is like is like Midsummer is like other things, but there aren't a ton of things that you can say. Oh, that's Cats. Because yeah. <laughs> Cats is its own. It's its own beast. <laughs> it definitely is. So, well, this has been super fun. How can people stay in touch with everything you're doing, uh, social media, and all different ways? Yes, I am on. Instagram as Alana Velastro. I'm on, you know, Facebook. I have my website, www.alanavelastro.com. I'm going to be doing in October a brief um, sort of fall contract. It's called the Circus Vampire, and we're doing a immersive um, Sleep No More-esque mm. circus type thing in Massachusetts in Old Sturbridge Village. So if you're a New England person and you find yourself in Old Sturbridge Village, come to the circus. I Sleep No More for non New Yorkers. Yes, that's actually the the idea crazy, of it is bringing you know thing. that immersive I don't think most experience. New Yorkers know what sleep or non New Yorkers know what Sleep No More is. Yes, well, if you don't know what Sleep No More is, it takes place um, in a hotel in the whole hotel, and you know the audience. It's hard to call you an audience because it is so immersive. But you sort of move through the hotel. You can follow one character in their journey in the evening. You can stay in one room and watch things pass you by. You can sort of it's you you create your own experience, and it's never the same really twice. So yeah. the idea is to bring that type of thing in more in circus form, like that we have a lot of you know fire and tricks wow. and magic. Um, but we're bringing it to Massachusetts. So interesting. I had a very interesting experience to sleep in more. So oh yeah. I might have to find my way to Massachusetts <laughs> yeah, to see how that yeah. goes. Well, thank you for being an amazing so guest. Much. It's thanks been super fun. Me. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.